What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll. You're going to be listening to a backup episode for this Thursday. Uh, it's a good uh, preseason uh, discussion Polly and I had about mental health and Polly's personal, uh, I guess, uh, struggle with it. So, first off, I've got to do our ad, ad read from our gracious sponsor for DraftKings. Use code THPN. Uh, last week they had the UFC 262, uh, much like your fantasy or any other sports book. So you can use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code THPN. Tons of great offers there. Uh, you'll get emails that give you all sorts of different perks with the app itself. So, you know, bet a dollar on something, get a hundred for, for winning, uh, a lot of them are gimmies, so we definitely, absolutely uh, <clears throat> recommend DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's the number one sports betting app in America, and as always, it's your money, it's safe, it's secure, so you can withdraw and, you know, obviously deposit your money at your convenience. Remember, that is DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN. You'll get all sorts of different perks. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN and thank us later. Enjoy this backup episode because I'm sure you all need it. A little little talk about mental health and how it's affected us personally. And, uh, you know, it being mental health uh, month in May, I think it's very timely and also the Washington Capitals playoff run is probably going to be very taxing. So hopefully this uh, resonates with you. Uh, if not, we've got yesterday, should have had Carl Alsner on live. That'll come out Monday, and we'll definitely be breaking down any games that we've missed. On Thursday's episode will probably be around the time the series is over with what I'm thinking may or may not be a Caps. Moving on to the second round. So... Until next week, we hope you enjoy this episode. This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello, hello. We have a backup episode here for you, and we're going to be talking a little bit of mental health and hockey and how it pertains. This was sparked by Polly's article reading, or he read, would you read an article about Colin Wilson on Players Tribune? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so at the time we're recording this, it's November. He had released it in October. Uh, talking about his mental health struggles. And before we get into that, uh, I just want to say the Players' Tribune has a lot of great stuff. And so some more articles on mental health. Uh, You Are Not Alone by Corey Hirsch. Everything's Not Okay, Nick Boynton. um, Another one by Corey Hirsch, I'm Not Brave at All. And Robin Leonard also had another good one about mental health. So um, I'm sure there's plenty out there. There's some that tackle issues of race and other things so the players tribune has some really great stuff i love the players tribune they have um some 
incredible articles. Uh, very, most of them are very touching and, and give a real look into the actual athletes. So if you haven't heard of the Players Tribune, it's it's a website where players of any sport, really, uh, they have tons of sports on there, can you know either give anecdotal and other type of information on really heavy heavy and and deep subjects you know uh one of the first articles i ever read on there forget the player's name but uh it was about his dad just beating the shit out of him uh about hockey and many other things but how you know a lot of other players parents just turned another cheek and he wasn't okay you know it might have been one of those articles that you mentioned but i mean it affected him for the rest of his life and it pushed him to be into the in the nhl yeah but fuck i mean he was not okay you know for a lot of a lot of this because his dad really just laid into him you know not just slapped him around like closed fist punched him after bad games in the parking lot shit like that man just real real bad stuff and nobody stepped in and he actually says, like, look, if if you ever see it, step in. That kid's probably not doing well. But we're talking mental health, um, and I guess we should just get right into it, huh? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. So, Paul, you actually came up with all of the subjects for our backup episodes. So either we've been fired or we're missing on vacation or we've died. I don't know. There's a reason. It's probably just vacation, but we might you know. be in the Bermuda Triangle. Right. We're lost in, in the Bermuda Triangle. So, you know, Paul, this is something that uh I know that you've had some personal issue with as far as mental health goes in the sense of like, you know, you've been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, is that correct? Yes. So, this hits home for you and, you know, I actually was listening to Brad Lieb's uh, podcast and he had a guest on that and something that kind of didn't, I didn't know, but um, like, I guess it's mental or OCD isn't just, you know, washing your hands a lot, even though you do do that. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like you get these intrusive thoughts and he described it. Like if you're driving down the highway and you're like, what, uh, you know, it'd be crazy is if I swerved in oncoming traffic and most people would just be write that off as like, that's stupid. Why would I even think about that? And then they'd forget about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas obsessive compulsive disorder, you kind of are, you, it, it, you get kind of really into that line of thinking and, and then you're, it, it starts affecting your life. Like, why would I think that something's wrong with me? Maybe I should ever drive again, you know? Well, um, I also saw that interview and that actually was something that I could relate to. Um, There was a string of time before I got the help I really needed um, where I'd be driving. And to this day, I still get these kind of thoughts, but through my treatment, I've been able to control things more. Um, But I... Will I would drive past somebody, or I would hit a little bump in the road, or I would 
another car would pass me and I would start thinking, what if I just ran that person over? And the thoughts okay. wouldn't stop. Like, or if I hit a bump, did I just, did I just run someone? Over? And there were times where I would drive and the next point I found, I would turn around, go back to where that thought hit me and make sure there was nobody in the road. Wow. Hurt from what my brain said may have happened, even though I knew it didn't happen. Sure. And I mean, so that's, that's the kind of thing that OCD does to a person is it, it controls you like that. Um, and so, you know, Colin Wilson, he was very open about it and he highlighted a a few things about how it kind of, it can snowball. So he said where he really started to notice was with flights so he, he thinks it stems back to when he was younger. He had a fear of flying. And so what he would do is he would clean up his terminal before a flight. He would go pick up all the trash off the ground. Everything. It just had to be clean before he left. <laughs> okay. And then he had to be the very last person on the flight. Last passenger. On to, to board. To board, yes. And then... He would have to speak with the pilots, not necessarily like talking about the status of the plane, but he just had to speak with them. And then he could be comfortable enough to sit down and get ready for the flight. And um, what what would happen if he, he didn't do one of those steps? He would spend the entire flight. Oh, he didn't say, but um, I, you know, just right. the the way his brain would have gone is he would have been probably having a panic attack the entire time and just having all these like thoughts shoot through his head, like something's wrong and he would just be in being tortured internally. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, another thing he, well, so I guess he said where it, where he first noticed it when he looks back on his life, when he was driving with his family, he would count trees in the car. You know, nothing weird. You know, people right. do that. But he noticed that he wasn't counting trees. He would count one, two, three, four, and then restart. It was just always one, two, three, four. Like, he didn't count the trees. He counted in groups of four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it starts off something as simple as that. And then it snowballs into... He, he ended up having a fear of injuries, even for stuff that... So he had a groin issue that's bothered him his whole career, and it possibly has ended his career. He he mentions that. Mm-hmm. But he would freak out about like knee injuries, but he has no history of the knee injury. And so he said he never felt comfortable on his skates, and it got to the point where he would tie and retie his skates so that his hands would be sliced open and there'd be blood on his laces. And Jesus. it just completely affected his game. And due to the the stuff he was prescribed and to just kind of self-medicate, he spiraled into a very unhealthy way of living with the substances. Interesting. Just to, like, quiet the nerves. Yeah. Um, and with all these thoughts, he, he said, you know, even in the Stanley Cup, he was running off, like, two hours of sleep because 
on top of everything else he would worry about, he would have things about the game bugging him and he just couldn't quiet the voice. Right. So that's kind of what happens with OCD, uh, especially the more uh, extreme situations, is you just you can't quiet the voice that just keeps putting ridiculous thoughts in your head. Right. And I was when you I remember you went because you got help in college mm-hmm. for it. Uh, did they say, like, how do you know if you're an extreme case or not? Um, well, I guess I just kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, they didn't tell me it was extreme. They just right. knew it was enough to put me on medicine. But just when I reflect on it, like, I just, I know it's not like, you know, when people just throw away like, oh, I'm OCD. My room has to be clean. Like, right. first of all, that's not real OCD. You're just <laughs> anal and you want a clean room. Yeah. Um, right. but with anything there, there's mild to extreme to answer your question. I don't know how you quantify that. Okay. But, but it's obvious his was pretty extreme when he's losing sleep and he's hurting himself late, tying his skates and exactly where he's got to go to all of these, hit these checkpoints just to, you know, do what normal quote unquote people would do. And yeah. I would say probably in my non-professional opinion and analysis, the easiest way to tell the extent of it is how it affects your life and right. your actions. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and I can tell you from personal experience, mixing it with alcohol is terrible. Uh, so I can only imagine, you know, with the pressure of an NHL player and then the different uh, pills he was on mixing with alcohol. It, it probably was a, a very dark place for him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we look back on it and we'd always be like, Paul, come on, hurry up You're, And you'd be there washing your hands when we would leave after taking showers in the locker room. And, you know, obviously us being dickhead hockey players, we'd give you shit about it. Um, you know, and obviously that wasn't something that we were trying to like make you feel bad about. But, um, I mean, I do remember when you got help, I remember looking at you, you would be like, dude, look at my hands. Like, this isn't something that I can help. And they were like chapped red. Like they looked, it was the middle of the winter and they looked sunburnt and peeling from the wrist up. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I remember a picture of me at New Year's Eve. And I was, I was wearing a a black dress shirt and I had the sleeves rolled up. And so you've got the black shirt and then my white forearm. And then at my wrist, it, you're, it looked like a a bad sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, um, you know, kind of the, another part of the OCD is like the weird connections you make. So, you know, I, I wash my hands, but then I think, oh my God. I just cleaned my hands, but now I just touch the faucet that people touch with their dirty hands. So now I have to wash my hands, grab a paper towel, and then turn off the faucet while holding a paper towel so I don't touch it. Right. You know, like you just make all those little connections and it adds up. And before you know it, I'm in a public restroom and there's so much bubbles from me washing my hands that... I can't even get my hands in there to rinse them off without hitting the bubbles because I just 
had been washing him for two and a half minutes. Right. Um, I mean, it really, I, I, I think it, it's probably mental health as a whole is very misunderstood, but I really think OCD is a very misunderstood, uh, disorder because people just think it is as simple as someone having like an annoying little habit. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of has gotten that, that stigma, if you will, is the far as just like, Oh, it's just a slight inconvenience, but internally it's not for you. Right. Like I had to wait an extra five minutes before cracking open my beer. Cause we had to go outside cause I'd wait for you to wash your hands. And you know, I'm like, Oh, come on, Paul. But for you, it's like, Oh fuck, I need to do this before I leave or things are, are not right in the world. Yeah. And, and then it, it, it ruins the rest of the night for me because on the outside, I might look like I'm fine. But on the inside, I'm still thinking, I didn't wash my hands properly, and now my hands aren't clean, and I just ate something, and now what is what did I just put in my body? And <laughs> right, it just it right. just snowballs. Um, and you know, back to Colin Wilson, I I don't know how that how much like that just had to be so hard with an NHL life. Yeah, I mean, he's constantly flying. Yeah. And yeah, no, and just the pressure of it all, you know, trying to stay healthy, trying to perform, getting your rest, being on a good schedule, you know, I, I mean, I get it. Um, I, I, and not to say, I mean, I've had like OCD ish, like type tendencies where intruding thoughts will make me do something the biggest thing is like i know i packed my hockey shit and i'm not trying to say like oh well i know exactly what you're going through right but sometimes i'll like pack my hockey shit and think that it's all in there and know it's all in there but i'll freak the fuck out and pull over on the side of the road and make sure like everything's there and then i just have to like open it up and look and make sure that i have everything because i'll be like well i know i i remember i put my helmet in there but then i don't know if I put in my elbow pad. So I'll have to like pull over, like stop, find them, touch them, be like, okay, they're here. And then put a, go into my car and continue to drive. You know, obviously I don't think that's like some sort of thing that I need to be medicated for. Cause it doesn't happen constantly, but I could see like that type of, cause that's stressful, dude. Like yeah. that type of anxiety that you have when you think that, you know, you know, could that cause you know, you go, you get to the rink an hour away and the pads aren't there. You're fucking, and that's, that's just, a, and that, I think that that's a pretty big shitty thing to happen to you, anybody. But if it was happening to me constantly at every step of the way about a certain thing, that'd drive me insane. Well, see, yeah, that, that's, that's a good example of that. I mean, that, that is what you're dealing with, with OCD. Right. And it, it just doesn't end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that that's a very good sample size. Yeah. Right. Cause that freaks me out. And you know, I'm still a fucking idiot and you know, I can't, I don't have uh you know, there's nothing wrong with me except being a dumb forgetful fuck. Cause I still forget in roller hockey last season. I forgot my helmet like three times, <laughs> my fucking helmet, dude. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the only, really, that and shin pads, the only thing that you really need in gloves. So, yeah, that's just, you know, I have no, I have no excuse. I'm just dumb. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, 
I'm glad that you were, you know, opening up about this. I know we've talked about it before, but um, thanks for, you know, explaining to everybody who's listening, like how, uh, how it affects, how mental health can be a bitch, man. Yeah. And, you know, um, to your point of how you were saying, you know, you have somewhat, you know, like you have a, a tendency of it. Um, and I made the comment, you know, like cleaning in your room is an OCD. Like, first of all, I can't diagnose that. So, you know, I'm right. just saying, yeah. but, um, you know, I think it's just like anything else. You can feel anxious without having an anxiety disorder, or you can go through depression without being clinically depressed. Right. So, yeah, I think probably everybody does experience OCD at times. Right. But, you know, what Colin is talking about in the article is really like a life sentence. Right, right. And it's so, like having a it's like having a parasite almost that you can't get rid of. You can just shrink it to not being effective. Interesting, man. Yeah. And I'm sure that internally, like, because I know when you went on medicine that you were like having like worth, I want to not worth, but like kind of like worth issues in the, or questions like, am I like less worthy of things because I have, I'm on medicine, you know, like, like, does that make me lesser? Um, and you know, I said, well, dude, if you need the fucking medicine, you need the medicine, right? Like, a, you know, I yeah. don't think I, I don't remember being a dick and saying, oh, you, you need, you're fucked up or anything. Right. I mean, which, yeah. And, and you know, the fact that I even had to say that out loud shows that there's a stigma. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's how society looks at it. And that's how we've been taught, especially as dudes to think. And that's shitty because I am fully in the belief that, you know, if anything makes you feel better or makes you perform better or makes you happy and doesn't, you know, have too terrible a long-term effect, you should do it. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. whether it's surgery or taking medicine or, you know, if you fucking, you know, if you, if you want that tattoo and you, and you like it, go fucking get it, you know, all the way down to that. Right. So, cause I'm, I'm not, I don't have to live your life. You do. Right. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of people need to really just understand that, um, you know, you're always going to get ribbed about stuff, but I mean, uh, just through knowing you, I think that a lot of, uh, you know, I've been a, a bit more aware of, of mental health and people's issues and seeing it unfold. Cause you know, we spent a lot of time together and on road trips and stuff and like basically living together for a couple days at a time it, it, in certain stints, you know, and then plus you'd always be crashed out on my fucking couch. So yeah. <laughs> there was that, <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I, think it's uh it's it's a good subject to talk about especially now because it's becoming a little bit more mainstream as it should be yeah absolutely you know it's your brain controls your body so why would we not take care of it right i mean i can't you can't um help the way you were born and that's obviously because i'm sure that this is not something that you started happening to you in college, right? This is probably something that you remember since childhood. 
Or am I wrong? Well, see, that's the thing in uh, in Brad's interview. Um, I forget his guest's name, but he 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 made a comment of most people with OCD they can think of a moment in their life where their brain broke. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of feel like, at least in my experience, it's like I felt that the tendencies were there for it. The potential was there. Mm-hmm. And then an event set it off. And what was the event? Uh, if you, want it. you don't have to, but uh, it's okay. Um, my senior year of high school football, uh, I developed a certain rash um, that led me to over-treating and uh, I just, it was probably gone in three weeks. Right. And I was like babying it for like five months. Oh, wow. So... That was part of where the hand washing came into because I was like, I don't want this fungus on my skin to be transferred to somebody else kind of thing. So I would have to say, if that's not where it started, that is what amplified it. Right, right. But that's that's a pretty good example. I mean, those are your formative years, you know, especially because you're in a football locker room, like you're getting naked in front of these, your peers and, or at least undressed pretty far, you know. Um, I'll be honest. I was the non-naked guy in hockey. I'd always just wear like boxer shorts under my jock. I mean, I'd get naked, but I usually carried my towel in a way to shield right. myself. You know, I, I didn't necessarily like really hide myself, but I stayed discreet. Sure. And I mean, I think those are just, that's good et- etiquette, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to be in the locker room with the fat guy who just sits there butt ass naked and spreads his legs. Yeah. And talks to you while you're having beers. <laughs> yeah. Right. We know, we know, we've been in locker rooms with guys like that. I have, and it's disgusting. Yeah, just letting the bird flap. Yeah, and like, dude, you weigh like three fifty. Like, put it away. Right. Nobody's impressed. We're all disgusted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're just sitting here, like, trying to think of a way to help your wife deal with her issues. <laughs> right. 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 Exactly. Um, um, but you know, I guess one one last note I wanted to say on my experiences. When I started my my medication, um, you know, I was told that it does not interact well with alcohol, mm. and it took me probably six to eight months before I could get normal drunk. Um, I I mean, it was like blackout, doing very irresponsible things for that first six to eight months. So the alcohol would just affect you like one beer would be like 10 or. Yeah, it was, it was usually after my second, it was as if I had had 10. No shit. And then once, once I got to that point, it was done. And I, there are still plenty of nights that I like 10 o'clock, my memory shuts off and I know I was up till 3am. Wow. Like not even like, Blackout, I got hammered, and man, I had a crazy night. Like, literally, there is no memory. Like, scary blackness. Yeah. And 10 o'clock would have been, like, when we were just getting going. Yeah. We weren't even at a party yet. Yeah. So, you would have made it to one to four parties or locations like that, and then probably come home 
drink even more mixed in with maybe more other illicit drugs and then <laughs> falling asleep. Yeah. Wow. And this ties back into Colin Wilson because he is, he got on some more natural, um, treatments uh-huh. and he even did some psychedelic treatment with uh, very skilled specialists. Right. Like mushrooms or psilocybin. Well, he just said psychedelics. He didn't go into what they were. Okay. Um, but he said they're, they're looking at opening some kind of facility in Austin. That's going to have a much more holistic approach. And when it comes to the brain, I think avoiding a pill treatment is probably smart. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, that's interesting that you say that because just recently, a lot of, uh, several states have decriminalized, uh, mushrooms. And I think that a big driver around that is the success that people have had with psychedelic treatment. And you've never, have you ever done any of that recreationally? No. Um, like I've, I've had some weed. That's it. Right. So, so, and, and I was listening to NPR and, and the way that the treatment goes is they give you like a capsule of mushrooms and the magic mushrooms and, and you eat them and then you, in an hour, like you just lay down in a dimly lit room with one person who's your guide and they're sober, obviously they're the psychologist and you lay down and you're relaxed and you can, you know, the, the, you're, you have a blinder on like a shade and you're listening to music, calming music and sounds and stuff. And it, and it kind of just puts you in a state of calmness, hopefully. And then when you start tripping, you, they just kind of make sure you don't hurt yourself. They don't want to, cause at that point you're incredibly impressionable, right? So yeah. they don't want to put you on a bad trip. They just, if you want to talk, they can talk, they're there, you know, and this therapy lasts like five or six hours. Once you come down off of it, they talk about things. And, and the big thing that they say before you eat it is that if you, you're going to encounter things like uncomfortable situations, instead of trying to retreat from them, just go at them head on. Because apparently what, what, um, what the drug does in that state. And when you're in that state is it decreases your ability to talk yourself in and out of things Mm -hmm. basically. And so the negative self speech and things like that, like I'm fucking worthless. I'm an idiot. Things like that aren't there. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, it's more when you visit, have these like not visions, but when you, when you encounter this type of feeling, if you can go into it, you're kind of in there as a blank slate and you can kind of learn a bit about what's going on and why you feel that way. And then when you come down, you can walk, talk through it. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I've done, <laughs> done psychedelics before and that is very true. I mean, you are impressionable. All of the things that they said, you know, you're, you, uh, encounter uncomfortable situations about yourself, like introspective stuff. And then you kind of, that's why they call it a trip, I think, because you do go out on 
this journey mentally and then you come back and you're kind of like oh shit i did learn i every time i've done that shit i've learned something about my like trip to a point where i'm fucked up uh <clears throat> i've learned a little bit about myself that's for sure so uh i fully agree with it i think that you know i don't know if have you ever considered doing that going somewhere to do that type of treatment i hadn't really even thought about it till i read the article so. oh really might do a little more research. <clears throat> I mean, as far as holistic things go, like experimenting with those type of drugs, I think is a lot better than, you know, being numb or yeah. taking some lab created thing, you know, I'm not trying to, not trying to talk anyone out there of taking their prescription medication or whatever. I just think that there are alternatives and that they are worth exploring. They're not just, they're not sound baths or um, snake oil, if you will. So I guess that's, that's that. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Anything else, uh, about old Colin Wilson that you want to talk about? No, I just, I think it's, it's great that he opened up and it's, it's a very interesting, honest article. If, uh, you know, if you want to look into it. Absolutely. And, you know, folks, I think that with, the amount of people who are actually coming out and voicing it now, and it could be the way that society and the world and humans are in this case, as far as mental health and decline, being in decline in general in this country, being the United States. Uh, I think that we need to have this conversation and I think that it's good. So, you know, if you have a friend that's having trouble like that, you know, be open-minded and talk to him. You know, I think, uh, I think that that helps. You know, I'm not going to say I was here, here being Polly's like fucking <laughs> spirit guide or anything like that. But I do remember having conversations around this. I, I mean, I distinctly remember having several conversations about it. And me, I, I, from what I remember, now you tell me if I'm wrong, you can call me out. But I do remember you having the, getting the medication being like, oh man, you think you need it? And you're like, yeah. And I'm, and that was it. Right. I mean, I was like, oh, well then you need it. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were, uh, you were a good friend. Yeah. Well, um, thank you. I think it's important to know if there's someone in this situation, just patience and listening, um, and just understanding, you know, just, just be an empathetic human. Sure. And Polly, that was incredibly hard for me to do, by the way. I know. <laughs> very, very uh, out of your realm. Right. <laughs> uh, well, folks, again, if you have this going on, you know, seek help. It doesn't make you less of a person. In fact, it'll make you better in the sense of you'll be happier, hopefully, and you'll at least have this stuff off your chest, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of half the battle with a lot of things that anyone struggles with. It's just being able to talk to somebody about it. So start there and see where it takes you if you're having that trouble. And if you're on the other end, you're feeling okay. And you have a friend that's not that way. Be open-minded and um, have the conversation with them. I'm sure that they're going to appreciate it later. So if you're having trouble, I can tell you from personal experience, getting help gives you back control. It's worth it. Absolutely. And that's, I've, a lot of people I know have that same type of sentiment and that they've, nobody is, I've never 
heard anybody say I regret go, t- talking to somebody about this. I never, in fact, it's changed my life. It's helped me a, a tremendous amount. I've never heard someone say it's been terrible. So absolutely go and do that if you're feeling that way. Absolutely. Well, Polly, man, this is a great episode. I It almost sucks. I almost feel bad like that it's a backup episode. So we're going to have to go on vacation to yeah. get this thing out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but great stuff, man. Thanks for opening up. I know that, you know, it's definitely something that's important to you and, and not always easy to talk about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not, but just sharing helps. Absolutely. And hopefully, uh, your experience will help somebody out there who's listening. So again, if you guys need help, go get it. Nobody's going to look down upon you. And if they do, they're probably not the people that you really need to care about their opinion anyways. But if I've got nothing else, Paula, you got anything? That's it. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning into this backup episode about mental health uh, and kind of we focused on OCD, but, you know, there's a ton of we, we'd be here all night if we talked about everything. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think that the big message here is just mental health in general and, and how important it is. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, it's Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.